Hello everybody and welcome to the 58th episode of the Alienverse Predator Galaxy podcast. This is your regular host, Aaron Percival, or Corporal Hicks as I go by online. And joining me today are my usual partners in crime, Ridgetop. Hello again everyone. And Xenomorphin. That's me. And today we are doing a bit of a reactionary podcast. It's to chat about some of the recent news that's come out from Ridley Scott and a potential buyout of... Some of Fox's um, films and television by the evil, evil Mickey Mouse Corporation, Disney. So, we don't think we're going to be doing too long of one this time, but we'll see how that plays out. So, shall we start with Ridley Scott's comments that have everybody up in arms? Ridgetop, do you have it up? Do you want to read it out for us? So, coming from The Hollywood Reporter, and they've been doing a lot of... Ridley Scott reporting as of late. Uh, they were doing a, a roundtable discussion. Ridley was asked about why he chose to direct Healing Covenant over Blade Runner 2049. And he kind of brought up this talking point that he had said before, like the, the beast was cooked. You know, he essentially said that again, saying, quote, it was a crossfire of too much business. I'm doing a lot of TV and a lot of films. There's six films going out this year, and one of them, I figured it was a good piece of business to follow through on Prometheus, uh, which from Ground Zero had good liftoff. So we went to Covenant to perpetuate the idea and re-evolve the universe of the alien. But I think the beast has almost run out, personally. You've got to come in with something else. You've got to replace that. And so I was right. I was ahead of the game. I had to make a decision, and Denny referring to, to Dennis, the director of Blade Runner 2049. How do you pronounce his last name, by the way? Villeneuve? I think it's Villeneuve. Villeneuve, Villeneuve, Villeneuve or something? Villeneuve? I don't know. I'm... That guy, that Blade Runner guy. <laughs> and he was a terrific choice, which he was. That movie's awesome. Go see it. Not enough people saw that movie. So obviously this has uh, been infuriating to a lot of fans, myself included. You know, I always have to preface anytime I talk about Ridley Scott now, like I have tremendous respect for the guy and his career <laughs> and his like he's a, a visual director for sure. Like he's a master of creating a universe and making like just getting you immersed in that place. But he he should not be in creative control of this franchise. I mean, he's expressed on multiple times now. I mean, it kind of seemed like he had gone back on it before when he was like, oh, I was wrong. I looked and there was a demand for the alien. And he, yeah. I was like, that's a rare piece of humility. Wow. Of course, it was totally fake just to promote Covenant. That's why the whole turnabout from Prometheus 2 to um, Alien Covenant was, was such a surprise, I think. You know, he made a good few comments like this um, after Prometheus had, um, the first one had come out and he was talking about the sequel. So back in September of 2014 was when he first started throwing around this um, The Beast is Cooked comment. I think he'd said it before Prometheus. He, he'd been intimating this kind of thing where he didn't think there's any anything more to do that you could do that's innovative with the alien before Prometheus. I'm pretty sure I've seen comments like that. He may have made comments about it um, when people asked about Alien 5. I forgot <laughs> to look up any of those uh, Alien 5 comments, actually, but now that you've mentioned it, I do have vague memories of him saying stuff like um, it had been overexposed, you know, it was a... Uh, yeah, things like that. Yeah. It, it was featured in the Disney uh, attraction. 
which yeah. was another thing he'd that he been hated. saying that before even Prometheus came around. Yeah, that, that's they, what they, I mean. he didn't often. Yeah, but he on and off when it comes up, he's he's like, oh yeah, you, you, everything's been done with it, and he mentioned that he always specified just because it has been featured in as part of a Disney ride, therefore it can't ever be scary again. Sort of thing. By the way, that ride just closed down. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> and they are turning it into a, a Mickey Mouse ride now. Uh, so that's going, going back to the roots. Everybody loves that phrase, don't they? <laughs> yeah, but that be, was such that was a gritty. classic ride. That was that was the great movie ride at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and it went through like all these old movies, including Alien. And you were like right there in the Nostromo. And no, it like it didn't wear its welcome because I would like people were still loving that up until the day it was closed, and people were disappointed that it was closed and. I don't know. I think, sorry, a little tangent there, but I think Scott is is just fundamentally wrong here. And I think it puts the franchise in a very odd spot. I think ideally, if if studios were a little more bold than they are these days, it seems, Scott would have just continued off and done a, a straight sequel to Prometheus that, like on that premise, would have gone further away from Alien. And then Blomkamp would have been able to do his Alien 5, you know, Everyone's happy. Scott gets to do what he wants to explore with the Prometheus side of things and the alien fans that want something a little more familiar to alien and, and familiar doesn't mean like it, it has to fit this, this mold of what an alien film should be. There's a lot of different things you can do in the alien universe while still maintaining integrity and respect to what's been established before. And I, I don't think Scott has that, unfortunately. Uh, so as much as I respect him as a director and for the incredible films he's done, he'll he'll always be one of my favorite directors. Just these comments are, are really frustrating and really, I think, show that for this franchise to, to progress, he should not be involved beyond another film. And I would argue, let's let's just forget Covenant and Prometheus happened. How do you feel about that, Xenomorphin? Are you on the same sort of wavelength let's just write off prometheus let's just write off covenant and go again i see it, it depends on when you with your view is you got something new and innovative out of prometheus and covenant i mean to me comments like this where it says well you know the beast is cooked you can't do anything new with it it can't ever be scary feel a little bit hypocritical when you feel as i do that covenant was one big mass of tropes of things that have been you they've happened before in other films he's just kind of like repeating the same kind of thing like for instance the shower scene which we all commented on when we saw the trailer and we thought well there's, there's a chance it's just making it look like that but then when it came to the actual finished product no it was just the same thing we've seen in a lot of other films we've seen before the problem with ridley scott is that he's said in a recent interview he he hasn't for years apparently he's deliberately avoided looking at any reviews let alone criticism of anything he's done before so as far as he's concerned prometheus was a great example of how to scare people non-stop and you know covenant was this that and the other and he's not aware of any innovative ways to take these things in new directions clearly nobody has shown him now whatever you think of 
Alien Isolation, the computer game, I found it very frustrating gameplay-wise. I still haven't been able to finish it myself, but presentation style, it was absolutely on the money. And uh, it wasn't just because it had an alien there. Even down to the lighting, it got so many things right. And you could you could imagine someone giving him clips giving him clips of Alien Isolation, him to actually go, oh, okay, that's interesting, that's interesting, oh, okay, I didn't think of that, things like that. But he hasn't been shown that, yeah, there are ideas, you can take it in new directions, but because he personally can't come up with things and because he's assuming, well, it's been on a Disney ride once, therefore nobody's going to be scared of it ever again. Problem is, not just Alien Isolation proves him wrong, but his own film has proven him wrong the original alien and aliens there's always that division certainly among casual film goers but even in the fandom about alien 3 and resurrection but to this day people endlessly re-watch alien and aliens over and over again because they were done so well and they wouldn't re-watch them you know, they already know what the alien looks like, but they still rewatch them because it's not just about the creature. It's about everything around it as well as the creature. And we've talked about that endlessly when we've deconstructed these films on these podcasts. So there's clearly always going to be a demand about the alien. And, you know, in Prometheus, he, a lot of people, myself included, we say, well, he kind of like trod on that mystery of the space jockey and what could have been. And then we went, okay, let's go along. Let's see what he does with the engineers. And then Covenant came along and he stumped on the engineers. Literally, he just, it was like David Ate from a great height. He's shitting on them with black goo. So he himself, he's getting these new ways of going. Say, oh, well, I can't think of any new ideas. Fuck it. I'll just do this. And you think, well, okay, if you yourself I think the guys on the Perfect Organism podcast said the much same thing. If you yourself can't think of things that are new to do with it, can't bring back the passion, the creative passion, you've got no inspiration for it. You want to go off and do David A and synthetics, which is fine, but that's not what what makes an alien film. Then if you can't, you know, shit or get off the pot, get let other people come in and if they're not you're not going to let them tell you this is a bad idea or how about doing this <laughs> just let realized them do what you just said that. <laughs> well it's true i have never Let's heard that new say blood it. comes oh it's an old phrase she'll go for the no i know <laughs> sorry, um... sorry. <laughs> fucking tickled me but, uh, yeah but bringing allow new blood to come in it doesn't have to be Blomkamp Blomkamp is the one guy who's been saying all the right things about a new direction what the a new film needs to rediscover like the psychosexual things the biomechanical stuff he, he's been bringing all that stuff back in but someone who can hand handle the things that you know make alien great again it's the because whenever he, we've seen interviews in recent times he doesn't seem to like he used to in interviews he gave back in the early 90s and stuff. But these days, he doesn't seem to appreciate why people find his own movie so profound, what the elements about that worked so well. Because he definitely didn't seek to reproduce a lot of them that many of us thought should be there in Covenant, if not Prometheus. 
he just kicked them to the curb or he just he just you know you forgot or you just never found them interesting in the first place it is just weird it feels hypocritical for him to be saying well you can't do all this because because it was on a disney ride or because i can't think of a new idea okay you can't but don't decree it cannot be when clearly people rewatch the originals people love alien isolation you know you can you can put out a fan poster of graphics little clips from alien alien isolation that are just still images people will buy that because they are so well done in terms of cinematography and all the rest of it and the characterization okay i didn't finish the game but they felt like you know, samuels and amanda ripley they felt like real people in ways that you know Elizabeth Shaw and her husband, they're not going to be as memorable to people just because, you know, you can take Amanda Ripley or Samuels, you can take put them out of Alien Isolation, have them written with as much passion in a different game or a different film, they'll still be compelling characters. And characters like Elizabeth Shaw, they, they're just not as compelling for people. Although the people that did find them compelling in Prometheus... You literally just had a corpse to show for it in Covenant. Yeah. And it's like you can see in things he was interested in 10 minutes ago, 10 minutes later, he's like, oh, I can't think of anything better to do. Hey, let's go do this with a flute and these two things synthetic. And you're thinking you, you threw that away for an incestuous flute thing? Really? <laughs> That's what you think is is the beast is cooked and yet you're saying what's more interesting than that is this okay play with that but don't declare this is over i'm on my i'm on the throne fuck the rest of you because you don't think and you know if someone came to him and say no look here how about that he's not even saying look if someone else can show me good luck to you but as far as i'm concerned he doesn't do that he just says it's over because I can't think of any more ideas. I'm, he doesn't say exactly like that, but you read between the lines and he's got zero passion for the thing. And as you said in the interviews with Covenant, he was saying, yeah, I looked at this and actually I'm quite into it now. And he's saying, ha ha, fuck you. No, I wasn't. Yeah. And it just, it just feels like daddy's lied to us. You know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not, you know, it just, he is the guy that everybody through the, you know, since, aliens people were thinking well wouldn't it be interesting if giga and scott got back together and they did and then unfortunately giga passed away and scott's been continued but what he, scott has given us is not what we thought he would and that's fine if he's just saying i've given it my best shot but when he's saying no it's over with it, it just feels it just feels so shallow and false because you can do things with the alien because it we only just touched upon it and and yet it, by by playing in that sandbox as we've said before he's actually made the universe smaller by having it's you know it's meant to be david that created it and the the space jockeys weren't space jockeys they were guys in suits and the guys in suits are now no more it, it he's made everything smaller and by fucking it over he's saying oh well i, I can't be bothered with that but I'm going to have, we're going to play Muslim War with David A. And he's going to do a, a War of the World situation. Thinking that's not what an alien film is. If you think that's what should be done with an alien film is, please 
don't, or at least do an original film that does that, but don't. It, it, I don't know. It's not like I said. It just feels hypocritical to me. And I have, like Rich Top says, he is a great visual artist, but it's I, he, he's not a writer. Yeah. And that 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 is what seems to spoil these things. But it just feels so false when he won wasn't too long ago he did say i rediscovered my passion yeah this can work and now and now he's actually in so many ways he's he's just saying no actually i didn't i i never had passion in this i i I had it in the old days but and i I was pissed off that fox never let me never invited me personally back when i don't know if fox even knew he was interested still and continuing but he he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder from those days but now he's with it again but he's he's not this isn't an alien film and he's he's it's not an alien film because he doesn't seem to comprehend the elements that need to be brought back to make a proper alien film it's not just a banana headed thing with a armor chasing people around that that is a slash flick that is not what makes a classic alien film and it's just it's a shame it's it's just a shame that it's come to this. The the guy that you know started it as a director started it off, and he gave us that aesthetic. And he's now saying he he doesn't have a he's got no inspirational passion. And you look back at Covenant, you think that's why the shower scene felt so tropey. That's why this didn't feel like you were hoping it to is because he he doesn't have the imagination for it and it is a shame because he is such a great visual artist but it's that is what you want somebody else to come in and even as a producer and say look you can do this here's a load of shit that was that's inspired so many of us try and get some inspiration from that but you can you can kind of tell he's like the guy who wouldn't be interested in that he just wants to go off in his own direction at the the same time i think you can't i mean you can pin a lot of the blame on scott for for where we are right now in terms of the franchise but you can't put it all on scott i think fox forced him to include the alien in, in covenant it just seems so obvious at this point that that's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to go and explore David's story and Shaw's story and Prometheus. At least I assume so. You know, sometimes he contradicts himself with what he says, so it's it's hard to know where he's really coming from. And Shaw, you know, she might have not been too compelling at first, but that little short, the the crossing where it showed her and David, that's right where she started to become compelling for me yeah. as a character. So it, it's super frustrating. Oh, she's dead. Oh, we're getting a prequel yeah. novel. Oh, nothing about them. You know, <laughs> don't worry about it. And it, it's just kind of the ultimate irony that it seems like Scott doesn't understand why his his original film was so powerful. Now it wasn't just Scott. It was a perfect storm of an up and coming director. Absolutely. Some of the best uh, writers in science fiction history. Uh, one of the best visual artists and designers of all time, in my opinion all coming together and making this project that just if if you had any one of those people on their own it wouldn't have turned out as well as it did but all of them together made it yeah. something great unfortunately scott's reputation has become such that i would assume most people considering he's such a big name director and big name producer now just do not question him anymore and and when your reputation is that big that no one's going to critique you or 
question you or criticize you in the world of art, it's a huge detriment. You're going to make flawed things because no one's giving you that feedback because people are intimidated by you. Oh, it's Ridley Scott, you know. And I think even the shower scene that you were talking about. Yeah, they originally described the first alien as Texas Chainsaw Massacre in space. So I think you can have those visceral almost slasher movie-esque gruesome moments and do it right and do it well. Like if that would have been a scene like with Lambert, it would have worked so well, but they just, they just cut away and it, it that's what we were hoping for. Yeah. It, it it just turns into a horror movie trope and, and not only just troping horror films, each film that Scott has made in this universe has followed pretty much the exact same beats. They've just been a weaker version of the previous one in all three films. You have, a group of people landing on a planet, finding a derelict ship, and then all things go to hell. And that's it. Like, I'm, I'm obviously there's more to it than that, but they all follow the same beats. They're all a crew is on the ship. They, they find a transmission or whatever, and they land on a planet and, and that's it. He's made essentially different versions of the same alien film three times. And so when, when he says something like, Oh, the beast is cooked, it's run its course. It's like, are you talking about the alien or are you mm. talking about your format for what you think alien is, which you, you seemingly have no understanding of because it seems the only works in this franchise you're interested in are your own. And you're not willing, like no one probably showed him alien isolation because, Oh, we're not going to show Ridley Scott a video game. Like he's going to be interested yeah. in that. You know, he'll just dismiss it. But for someone like Neil Blomkamp, it makes it all the more frustrating for Ridley Scott to say something like this when a project that so many people were excited for Neil Blomkamp himself, as well as studio ADI were super pumped to do this movie. And it had to be shelved people that had real passion that, that really cared about this franchise. Say what you will about retconning alien three. I don't think that's what they were going for. I think they just wanted a different, um, a different tale that didn't contradict. It was just something alternate Uh, for that to have to, to be put away so that Ridley could have total creative control of this franchise when he makes comments like this, that he says, well, I, you know, it's just won't run its course. So, you know, let's just finish the trilogy. We'll explore David more. Like, are they, what are they going to call the next alien film in the prequel trilogy? Like, is it even going to be titled alien? Um, so yeah, I know well, I'm kind of ranting here, but, but it is just incredibly frustrating. Well, that's, that's the thing you, you, as I see, you do get the feeling he, he doesn't want to do an alien film at that no, point. Not, you not think to yourself, why did you even bother to put like the, you know, the Wayland Industries and stuff in Prometheus? We've said before, Prometheus would have worked much better if it had been an original film. If you'd have just taken out the Wayland stuff, just made it, you know, a new sci-fi franchise by Ridley Scott. I, pe- I think, honestly think, you know it had its problems but i think people would have dug it so much more oh yeah and he wouldn't have suffered from the you you have to contrast it against the original because it is part of the series that you think yourself if all the things he's saying he wants to do for the future the david stuff the war of the world stuff it's that's not alien. It's you have to ask yourself: Did someone? Did he try to do something? And someone said, "Well, no, we're not going to give you money for that. But if you want to come back and do Alien, yeah, okay." You have to wonder: Is that what happened? I would. You're saying like like um, Elizabeth Shaw's. I would be interested to hear from Numi Rapace 
what the deal was because we were getting those intimations from Scott that, yeah, they, we were going to follow David and Shaw and things were going to get more interesting for Shaw as a character, especially because it would have had her confronting her belief system against, you know, the, the mythology come to life sort of thing. And we didn't get that. All we got was a cadaver. And that that was where her story literally ended. Why can't he? He's got the pull. He could make an original thing. Why does he have to have this attached to the hit with the alien film? It is his mostly his show. He does have, you know, executive producer details on this. Why does it have to be connected to the alien films if it's so clearly going to move away from the alien films he said before as well the yeah, that it's going to take i think he wanted to do like not just one more film but three or four more prequels he was saying and he wants to edge it towards um you know the original derelict craft and a lot of us fear is that going to be actually david that's in the suit or something um, that's been talked about a hell of a lot, but every time it's mentioned, nobody's saying it with, yeah, I hope it's going to be. I hope everything that Scott said, like the War of the Worlds, a lot of people go, oh, I hope it doesn't go in that direction. So it's all the stuff he's saying, oh, what I want to do is things that don't feel like an alien film. And yet he said he's simultaneously keeps on saying like, yeah, I want to follow Shaw's journey. No, we're not going to follow Shaw's journey. I want to make it connected with the derelict. No, please don't connect it with the derelict. It's it's like it, when he acts like there's a game plan, they're the wrong kind of things to say. And yet when he's acting like, yeah, I've got a vision for this, but but the alien is shit. I don't want to mess around with the alien more. You think, was there any point in putting your toe in the water? That, that's what I, I keep getting the message of. He's not interested in them, and yet he wants to, you know, be in control of this. For It's not just one more prequel. He wants to do several more, but he doesn't want to do anything with the alien. It feels like it's, why are you doing something that you don't want to do? It's, it's like he just wants control for the sake of it, but what what's what's... I don't like thinking this way in terms of like such an artist, but with all his comments so far, and this is the latest one, something he's been saying for a long time now, he doesn't think, you know, the beast is cooked and all the rest of it. Okay, you try to bring it back again, but it's it, it felt like a shadow of its former self. And now he's saying, well, he's not going to do it again. He's going to do it. Okay, you're thinking this creature can't do anything. If, if he's going to do a new creature design, okay. But what is he saying can be done with a new creature design that he couldn't simply do with the original design? And that, that's that's another thing that gets me about this as well. He's going to do another alien prequel, or he's hoping to. But what is he going to do with that that he can't do with the existing available tools? Which someone like Blomkamp, we don't know what it would have been like there may still be a chance that it will come out eventually, but he, there were ideas there. There, there. there was inspiration there. that They weren't saying, fuck the alien. They were saying, I want to do something with this because I've, I've got belief. This is something I've got belief in. This isn't something I'm just, it's a paddling pool, whatever. This is something I want to jump into. I want, I want to embrace and I want to empower and, Whereas Scott, he's in 
that pool but he's you're just saying oh the, the water's fine it's a bit tepid but i don't know what to do with it but i want to make it into war of the worlds and i want it to compete against star wars hicks does that not just feel like he's at one point he's saying one thing but the other one he's saying he's doing a complete 180 i mean how do you you feel about you it just feels they're completely contradictory points he's just coming up with every other month i've got to try and fucking think of all the points that i just wanted to address that you guys have just gone <laughs> sorry we 20 minutes in and i'll be allowed to talk with her what did i want to mention right what did you just ask me i said well how does it feel to you for him to uh, at one point he's saying like you know one thing and then he does a complete 180 and he says something that's the it feels like the complete opposite like with the covenant stuff which says yeah i've got the passion i've got I'm, i've found this now and then now he's saying no i never did he, he keeps on doing this 180 180 180 thing it's because he's a businessman he's at that point in his career where he talks about this stuff as as business as some sort of conveyor belt of films that he's working on which it is. It is a fucking business. These people are there to make money and they want to get the most out of it. So he's playing to what will, what he thinks will get him money and what he thinks will um, mean he can keep making films. So you had asked earlier, um, I don't know if Ridgetop mentioned this, why is Scott making a, an alien film when he does not give a hoot about alien anymore? And it's easy. Uh, that's just, That's... That is because he wants to play with David. David is his interest. But to be able to do that, the studio have told him, you need to put an alien in this film. Now, the whole turnabout of Prometheus turning into Alien Paradise Lost, as it was, came later on in the year after Blumkamp had initially released his his concept art. So, Blumkamp releases this concept art. The internet fucking goes up on his side. goes up on his side. You know, we'd love to see this film. This is awesome. And Fox take this to be. People want the alien. Prometheus maybe didn't sit as well with, with the fan base because there was no aliens in it. This is what Fox think, not what is necessarily true. Because I certainly don't think that... I don't remember it being a massive issue that there was no alien. That's what they think and they see this massive reaction to to Blomkamp's um to Blomkamp's um announcements and um posts and stuff and rather than risk doing Scott's Prometheus sequel and doing an alien film separate Fox tells Scott that he needs to put the alien in Prometheus too because everybody wants the uh, wants the alien everybody they've seen this reaction and Scott wants to make his David film so he compromises, and he—that is what you can you can see. It's quite clear that um, that Scott wanted to play with David, and he was willing to to make that compromise of putting the alien in the film, which is a huge detriment to it because you can feel that he does not give a shit about it. You know, it's like you said, there's. It's uninspired the stuff with with the alien, you know. It's it's tropey. The handling of it is is awful, in in my opinion. I I really really enjoyed the film up until the alien was introduced, and that was when that was when I was groaning. 
I I liked the Prometheus aspects of it. I liked the uh, the um, Doctor Moreau stuff of it, and and the Neomorphs and stuff like that. I I like I liked all that stuff. And uh, when the alien came in was when was when it lost me. Was when I was like, ugh, seen this before and I've seen it better. Yeah. Um, no, and that's the thing that that could have been an original sci-fi horror movie, and it yeah. it would have been great. And what what you say is is totally right. Hicks is that <clears throat> risk is the problem. Movie studios seem less willing to take risks now than ever. And it's more about being a business. Yeah, it's, it is a business and you do have to make money, but you have to balance that with, with a real desire to make a good movie. And, and in a franchise that a lot of people care about a desire to, to please the fans to at least some degree and, and hopefully be a fan yourself. You know, it seems like Neil Blomkamp was a, a real fan of alien. Oh yeah. Damn right. And so it's just, I don't know. It's just so frustrating because Scott, he's still got it. You know, he's still an incredible director and the Martian got me totally pumped for, for covenant. Cause he was handed a story that he had it no made up for Prometheus as well. Yeah. He was handed was a concerned. story. That, I can't say that myself. I didn't. I wasn't too turned on. By yeah. Martian, no. I I know not everyone loved the the Martian, and uh, some people think it was just too uh, by the numbers. I guess in terms of the plot being predictable, and and there wasn't too much emotion in it. And I've seen criticisms of the Martian, but personally, that was my favorite film of the year, and I think it's the best film Scott's done since since Gladiator. So I that got me pumped for for covenant and it, it's just a shame that the studio couldn't take a risk and be like okay people want a, a sequel to prometheus and and there's never been this much hype about an alien film this early in its development as there is now with blomkamp's film let's do both we'll release one one year and one the next year but which is what they should have done. That's exactly what they should have done. But it, it wasn't a risk the studio was willing to take. Instead, they were like, well, Ridley wants back in on it now. I don't know what if I mean, y- you might think Ridley didn't want Blomkamp to steal his thunder, I guess. I, I really don't think it comes down to anything as pay as that. I really don't. They didn't even mention the title Alien for the Prometheus sequel. I mean, that movie was having a lot of developmental troubles in terms of uh, coming up with a script until uh, it looked like Blomkamp's film was ready to go. Up until that point, you know, Prometheus 2 had been taking its time. But then as soon as that happens, Scott's serious now. The alien's back in it now. Like, you don't think that's kind of suspicious there? Like... No, I mean, they've been talking about um, Prometheus being next up on his slate of stuff af- after The Martian for a while, I think, you know, back in back in late 14. Um, but then it just so happens that Blomkamp's things, now, um, well, Blomkamp reveals that he'd been working on this thing early 15, and then the gears start shifting in Fox. I do not think for the slightest second that this is Scott being vindictive about people being excited about alien i think this is all down to studio studio politics tried to downplay 
his project too. He was like, Oh, there wasn't even a script when, when multiple people close to to it have said, yeah, I read the script. It was great. So Scott himself said that he'd read it. And then a later interview, he said, Oh, there was never even a a script, which either he really has got that faulty a memory, which isn't too unrealistic considering he thinks that aliens had CGI. Yeah. Not with some of the stuff it comes out with. Um, That isn't too unbelievable or, he himself is playing politics but um yeah that that was the most glaring contradictory um position i saw in take because he said he he not only read it but he said he he, he said it was looking good so he had yeah, a he positive opinion of it yeah i think at that point when he said that stuff was when we just weren't going to get an alien five i think by that point the stars had um well he was going to be the producer on it that's why he'd read it hmm no, I just mean by that point. Um, when did Scott say that? This this was during Covenant's press run, if I remember rightly, when he was saying stuff like that. By this point, it, Alien Five wasn't happen, happening. Um, we've uh, no, no, because uh, it was. It was. He he said, yeah, it's the first draft is looking good so far, and we're progressing. No, I, I mean, I mean him downplaying Alien Five. Oh yeah, that, that when he yeah. was saying he, it, he the script never existed. Yeah. Yeah, so that I'm pretty sure that was doing the the Covenant press rounds. Yeah, yeah. So by that point, there was no chance the Alien Five's happening. Blomkamp's got his oat stuff now. Blomkamp's got um, what's it called? Um, that that book adaptation that he's also doing for Fox. Oh yeah, I forgot the name of it. Um, Weaver's got a commitments to Avatar, so that's if not that ever happens. <laughs> well, they've started filming it, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, that's back. right back to back but we don't know how big her cameos are it might just be like a couple of days work on it or something we don't know how big her character involvement is with avatar Mm. but you know blomkamp had still moved on to other projects and and the time had passed and i think this was a case of him being like yeah it's not happening don't get excited about it that's not big that one up so yeah I, i i really do not think it's him being some vindictive bastard i just think it's the studio going we want them both but we're not being risky which is a detriment it's a huge detriment because for all prometheus's flaws there are plenty and there are stuff in it i do like i would have preferred to have seen him do a proper prometheus 2 and explore shaw and explore david and explore the engineers and Mm. i would have preferred to see a completely separate alien film and i do think there's room for that i i think absolutely for these side calls, you know, I know aesthetically they might not be quite fitting. You know, Prometheus looks advanced and Covenant, while still looking more, you know, push buttony, still has that stupid holographic table that doesn't quite fit. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that there was room. There's room for that. I think there's room in the Alien universe for alienless stories. You know, the the engineers had potential to be interesting and they still do i think but scott allowed himself to compromise what he he wanted to do the studio pressure was down on me i i know i've heard that the the um, decision for the alien to be included in covenant came down from above I, that's mm. some of the background chat yeah. that i've, I've heard it seems it seems like that was just the compromise like fox was on board with Baumkamp's film and Scott was like, well, I want to make this now. And Fox was like, well, we're doing one or the other. So if if 
you want us to go with you because you're a more established director. We need an alien in the film. Well, also, I mean, when I was at the Alien Day thing, and I was speaking to Conor O'Sullivan, who's the creature effects guy. And, well, I I mean, I I videoed it for the site. They're all archived now. And he was saying that the original plan was to do that. They were literally going to try and make Giga's Necronom 4 creature. And they've apparently still got most of what they came up with at the full sculpt in storage. But that was the plan. But they couldn't get that stuff ready in time. And what they came up with, Scott wasn't he he wasn't really a fan of how they did most of the rest of it so they took the head of it and the and the face and they modified that a bit and according to him at that point they thought right we'll put it on the the traditional alien but at that point it was the um the articulated puppet thing and we've seen in some pictures that's the one with the limbs are really thin so uh, i i think also shooting schedule time might have had something to do with it because he was saying that they were hitting up against a deadline at that point so i think that also came into it by that point i think that would have been when it was alien covenant in earnest Mm. i mean you we still don't know enough about when it was prometheus 2 but you know looking at um looking at carlos huante's um, concept designs and his storyboards you know still had elements of what we eventually got as the neomorph so even if it even if it was prometheus 2 and it was alienless at that point you know you still had these um alien-like elements and you still had potentially i mean like i say i don't i don't know the full facts of this at this point but just from what i surmise you know you still had these elements in what was originally prometheus 2 which i would have been happy with i would have been happy with these films with the neomorph as the main as the main focus as as a creature and David playing the mad scientist, that would have been fine by me. Mm. But I, well, I, 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 th- I feel, I think I'm a bit more um, apologetic towards Scott than uh, Rich Top seems to be. <laughs> no, and again, I, it's, I, I don't have disdain for Scott. I think he's an awesome director, and he's made some of my favorite movies. So, don't, don't take that too, you know. To, to mean like, oh, you know, Scott's terrible. I don't think that at all. It's just incredibly frustrating some of the things he says. And I think his his reputation gets the, the better of him sometimes for some of the filmmaking decisions he makes. So it's purely down to critiquing his work. Um, I'm sure he's an awesome guy and he's done some great works. So I'm I'm not trying to to badmouth Ridley Scott for the sake of you know me not liking Ridley Scott because I do like him and I do like his works that he's done. It's just as a fan of the Alien franchise first and foremost, it's frustrating that I I think the decisions he's making um, do damage long term um, unless yeah. these films are discarded uh to the franchise and that's where my frustration really comes yeah, from i mean uh, earlier i wasn't i think i started out early on and i was dovetailing from that part i i don't think we need to discard prometheus and covenant i think you could go in an interesting direction still especially if you don't try and cement that David originally created the creatures, you know, that you could have a revelation that he got it from an earlier template or the engineers found the naturally evolved creature, blah, blah, blah. 
I think there's room to make it a very interesting avenue. It's just that the mooted direction of where Scott intends to take it from here on out is worrying. But I, I don't think you need to discard Prometheus and Covenant. I, I think I think just shift the road which is intended to be taken from here on out. I, I think is interesting stuff to be had and i'm totally with hicks that i think you can go in and it it doesn't have to be the alien it can be other organisms we've never had yet seen i really like some not all but some of the early neomorph designs compared to what we actually had um but yeah i don't think we need to discard them just take it in a new future direction there is wiggle room for them to make the alien a, a recreation. Mm. I think the problem with that is it, it's obviously not Ridley's intent at this no. point. And it's going to be another doubling down on perceived, this one would be more than likely true, perceived reactions from, from the fan base. And I don't think I can, I don't think I've got the goodwill there for that kind of attempt at another course correction. So we get. You know, with Prometheus, people whinged that, and quite rightly, I mean, I didn't mind it too much, but I would have preferred, you know, the original massive cover, uh, massive uh, space jockey and it being truly alien and all that stuff. But we get people complaining about that and those kind of elements. So for Covenant, we get it all removed. We get Shaw removed and um, we then go back to the alien. And because he wants to play with David, make David important, David becomes the creator. So to then go to another one where they go, oh, shit, we didn't get it right again. Let's try and course correct. So David didn't actually make the alien. He was just recreating something. Well, that's the conundrum, really, is for the prequel films. It's that Ridley Scott wanted the significance that uh, something of human creation, an android, created You know what could be humanity's downfall, the xenomorph. So, but obviously that that wasn't very popular with fans because, like he did with the space jockey in Prometheus, it it very much ruins and cheapens the mystery of the alien. I mean, even if even if the alien ends up being a recreation, the fact that it's it's born of the the black goo, you know, that that it in and of itself cheapens the creature. I think so, and and that's what I say when when I say like, oh, I wish they would just discard these movies. I think the continuity has just gotten so convoluted and contradictory at this point that it would be better off treated as the comic books are, not like rebooted, just different interpretations. Let's see a director make a movie with the kind of space jockeys we wanted. That's what I mean by I don't think I'd be willing to give it another go at them course correcting because it's getting convoluted because they keep trying to change it based on what they think of fan perceptions. So I kind of feel that you know, there, there are stuff in Prometheus I like, and there is stuff in Covenant I do like, but I feel at this point I just, I don't have, I don't have the goodwill to go, yeah, I'll give you another shot, impress me, you know, third time's not the charm. Yeah. Well, no, Covenant would be third time. Yeah. Well, third new time's not Scott's the charm. Scott's the only director in this franchise that has had three goes at, at an alien film. <laughs> so the first time, yeah, he, he did it right. The next two times he, he did, in my opinion, and in the opinions of a lot of fans, I think we had a recent poll on our site that was, what would you want to see next to film Pretty by 50, 50, yeah, uh, Blomkamp or the next Scott prequel. And it was exactly, I think 50, 50. So that shows you how divided the fan base is right now. Yeah. People have really enjoyed the, the, the prequel trilogy. A lot of people, 
but it's just been a lot of people haven't too and it's a shame to see this kind of division i mean obviously any film with hardcore sci-fi fans is going to have disagreements on whether it's good or not you're never going to please everybody but 50 50 that much division even even critics of of the second film that film was way more universally loved even alien 3 didn't have that kind of division so so that's why i sort of i don't think he can go back i i would happily let him do his own cycle stuff i'd happily let him play with david on the side in some mm. other corner of the galaxy but i don't think they're going to be able to convincingly steer um steer away from it without it being daft yeah david's gonna uh, gonna raise ripley <laughs> well it's child, definitely gonna ripley on org i6 yeah it's definitely gonna be another alien film because we saw you know spoiler alert what is in those trays are face huggers chest burst it's definitely going to be another alien thing but he's already says he doesn't want to ju- a lot of fans are saying well you know what i'll give him another chance i think he should be allowed to wrap it up with one more he said in statements he doesn't want to just do one more he wants to do several more it's not I just let, give, not letting him that. wrap it up he wants to do several more and he wants it to directly compete with star wars this isn't the kind of thing that can they're not the same you know it's not a star warsy star trek type thing it's on a different level when you do an alien film yeah i mean alien is still a very powerful thing so when he says the beast is cooked i think most yeah. of us would agree that that he's wrong you know it's like saying uh superman or batman or the terminator is cooked and and even with like yeah alien is not star wars alien is not superhero movies it'll never be that level of popularity but it will always have this kind of power for people and i don't think that's going anywhere people will always be craving stories whether they be movies uh, books comics um vr experiences coming out uh things like that people have an appetite for especially people that are really into sci-fi which i think is a growing number of people well you say that but sci-fi seems to have been on the decline in terms of financial performance yeah and and that's another thing with with covenant is it it didn't do nearly as well as the studio was expecting i think it had one of the biggest second weekend drops yeah i mean we took 70 percent yeah so i think that you know that that really didn't perform up to what the studio was expecting i think it was word of mouth to be honest yeah I mean, it, the movie It that came out showed that you can make a low budget horror movie that will just take off and it'll do awesome. Um, Sci fi might be a little more niche with that, but you, you know, you can combine it with horror effectively. And I think if it's done right, word of mouth will be strong enough. Like, yeah, I was really disappointed to see how Blade Runner 2049 performed. That movie should have been a box office hit because I thought it was so well done. But I think it'll gain a cult following. And I think like the first Blade Runner, it'll have a lot of long-term success. So uh, I think you're right, uh, Hicks. I think I think sci-fi in general uh, might be a, in a bit of a rougher spot than than I'd like to admit. But but I hope we can turn that around for sure. Now, I, I do agree that Scott's not the one to handle the, the capital A, Alien, going forward. I don't think he has the genuine uh, care. I don't think he has the genuine passion or interest in, you know, taking the alien forward and, and doing something genuinely, genuinely good with it, you know, genuinely different and interesting. I think he would be a happier director if he wasn't burdened with it. 
Mm. But he's got these other things that he, these other stories he wants to tell, and it just so happens that we're probably going to end up with the alien shoehorned into some sort of um, mm. War of the Worlds type situation in the next one if it does actually go forward, um, or if it stays on that course. You know, uh, the Fox CEO Stacy something something um, commented recently that they trust she trusts Scott to find find yeah. the right direction for the next one. They were diplomatic words. <laughs> well, bearing in mind that he's already said in the past that uh, he'd already said during the production of Covenant that they'd, they'd written the next one or mm. they were writing the next one yeah. and they knew where they were going. So that sort of comment from the CEO makes me think that they are probably not so happy with where Scott thought he was going to take the film. But speaking hypothetically then, um, we've got rid of Scott. You know, um, Fox aren't taking the risk on on uh, fan goodwill for a third attempt at one of these prequel films who would you guys like to see as the new sort of steward of of the series or or not even necessarily the series but who would you like to see tackle an actual alien film well i don't think we should have a steward anymore i think that's that's one of the things that made the original four films uh resurrection included so compelling for me is that each film had its own unique directorial style and its own place in the series. Perhaps don't think of it as steward then. Just We get an Alien 5. We get a new Alien film. Who do you think would be suitable? My my first choice would be Blomkamp. Even even if you can't go the route you were going to, even if the stars aren't aligned for, for that alternate Alien 3 story, I still think his sci-fi style has been shown with his own studio shorts to be awesome. Um he he knows how to direct sci-fi and he knows how to create a visually intriguing sci-fi world and even if if he wasn't able to do that original story he was planning i still think he could make a damn good alien movie well you, you say that but the alien 3 thing wasn't his original idea oh yeah we it was the Gourney weavers that's true I, I agree with you, though, in terms of his, his style. You know, he, he would be great to direct an alien film, but he's, his weakness is, is his narrative, his, his writing. At same as Scott. Scott. At least he yeah, says, I want to learn from that. Yeah, yeah, completely mm-hmm. agree. I, I think if, if the um, Alien 5 we were going to see from him is never made, if there was a script, that needs to come out. You know, if the studio is, is decided like, okay, this movie's just canceled forever like it's still shelved they still have not officially canceled the movie i know it kind of makes them look bad to do that so they probably won't but i think you should release a book with the script or a graphic novel or even like a Mm. realistic animated film like we've seen with starship troopers lately uh something like that would at least be something it would at least be a Mm. goodwill towards fans that i think we really need right now um but I would love to see a, a live-action film um, in one sense or another from from Blomkamp. But beyond Blomkamp, uh, there were a couple of others I had in mind. David Tui, uh, who had some previous involvement mm. with the franchise, he wrote a script that was unused for Alien 3. And he did black, Pitch Black as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did the Pitch Black trilogy. Chronicles of Riddick was, was not as well-received. But I think the third Riddick film was a little better received. And I personally liked it. It, it was very low budget. Uh, but I could tell he made the third one for the fans. And there was some passion involved there. So I think with with a uh, slightly bigger budget, uh, he could make a great Alien film. Uh, another director uh, is the director of Pandorum. 
I didn't even think of Christian that. Christian Alvart. And he hasn't done any sci-fi since then, but Pandorum is really just one of my favorite, like, dark spaceship movies. Has he done any films at all since Pandorum? Um, no, he's done some TV series. Uh, I think he's doing the... Let's see. No, it, he really hasn't done much since then. Uh, he's done some TV series. Well, that didn't necessarily do bad, did it, Pandorum? It did okay. He did a film called uh, Half Brothers, I guess. Looks like that was a comedy. Yeah, no, he really hasn't done much uh, film-wise since Pandorum. But I loved his style in that. Another thing, um, I know we're kind of focused on Alien here, but personally, I would love to see uh, the guys from ADI direct either an Alien or preferably for me, an Alien versus Predator movie. Because <laughs> I think they've they've both... You know, they both directed films. Alec directed Harbinger Down and Tom directed this film called Fire City, End of Days. So those guys have directorial experience and they care about the franchise. Like, obviously, they really care about the franchise. And I think they would bring a much needed balance back between CG effects and practical effects. So they would also be another strong choice of mine to to direct i haven't seen harbinger down yet was it was it any good it seemed like they i mean it was a completely crown funded movie and it seemed like they made it to kind of vent their frustration at what happened with the thing prequel that's that's my assumption and that's what i've heard it's that the thing prequel they did so much amazing work on that and most of it was coded over with cgi and i think they wanted to show hey we can we can do this kind of movie and it'll look awesome. And the effects in that movie looked really damn good. Um, it was very much a alternate thing story. Very, very similar. You have this shape shifting monster that's infecting people. Uh, Lance Henriksen also starred in it. So as like a, you know, sit down and watch a horror film at home. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. The plot and the dialogue uh, and the budget kind of showed that it was it was very much a crowdfunded film. Yeah. Um, but it was it was still very much watchable. I wouldn't call it bad. I wouldn't I wouldn't even call it disappointing. It was just pretty good, I would say, overall. The effects were great though. So if you just want to see some cool practical monster effects, yeah, definitely check it out. I've just had a look at um, Pandorum as well. Um, <laughs> apparently it did not do very well. 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, about 4.2 out of 10, 3.5 on IMDb, and it only took 20.5 mil against its 30 mil budget. I'm like APPR with that movie. I defend it, and I don't know what everyone else is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yep, those would be my top choices. So how about you, Xenomorphy? Or even some comments on uh, Ridgetop's um, choices as well. I don't think you really stuck your. Uh, no, in there. I mean, yeah, it's a personal, it's a personal list. Um, I, I, I will tell. I, I wasn't too keen on. Um, what's the first Riddick film? Pitch, Pitch Black. Black. I, Pitch I, Black. I wasn't too keen on that as a lot of people were when it first came out. So I'm not sure how he'd be with an Alien film. But you're right. He does have that experience with the Alien three involvement. And his script was one of the better ones. I think it's probably my second favourite. I, I need to read all those again, actually. In terms of like... a See, here's the thing. With an alien film, there isn't anyone I can go, right, that that person right there. That That's the one I'd want. Because like even... 
like say James Cameron he's officially said he's gotten zero interest in doing this now and even if he did his his schedule is up to the wazoo he's he can't do it even if he wanted to but even if it was announced he was doing it I'd go okay that's interesting but the films he does now you can see around about halfway through the abyss his tone changes like true lies titanic they're a lot more hollywood eyes than his early like his early stuff has a that blue collar feel to it that you need with an alien film so even with james cameron i'd go okay i'm interested but still some red flags there so there's no one i'd really say that person however if you're talking about like anyone in hollywood whatsoever and you could say right they've they've given money to that person alien five has been announced with this person directed and you go oh that's an interesting choice that that's i'd say maybe uh someone mentioned the other day um catherine bigelow she'd be interesting because she think, did uh, zero dark 30 right yeah and also she you know she's got the do her locker as well yeah but she she's got that um slight alien connection with once being married to cameron when they did oh, yeah. um, near dark and she directed lance henrickson and all of, a lot of the colonial marine actors in near dark it was bill paxton and uh, yeah. Jeanette goldstein yeah. as well yeah. yeah um she would be interested because i think you need someone who can not just horror you need someone who can do the characterization on that well yeah Oh God, yeah. I, I think that's really what we need to hit home right now. Um, she could be an interesting choice. Someone else, a, a totally long shot, they'd be like 0.01% they'd ever do it. But um, someone else who's really good at drama and characterization, they were once an actor, they've done action stuff, they'd be of the generation where they first had Alien and Aliens come out, so they'd know what came back. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he's a I knew good that director. He's a good director. <laughs> You know, you hear Alien 5 directed by Clint Eastwood. You'd have to go, oh, fuck. Okay. Has he ever Let's done go. sci-fi? No, sci-fi d- I don't think he's done sci-fi. I, he's definitely never done horror. But that's why I think it would definitely be very interesting to see what a guy like that could do with it. Um, I'd even welcome Anderson back to this if he came to it not like he did with AVP with the Resident Evil mindset, but if he went full out event horizon mindset because if he did that with avp it would have been so much better i think he's past that point though, yeah he's yeah. done a good film he, he, all his stuff is so superficial now. but i mean that's the reason why with event horizon he had someone else write it he didn't write it right, right. so i think if you had anderson direct it somebody else that's competent write it i i wouldn't be averse to that Especially because he'd also be able to make a cheap film look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would. But the, but the, I'd say the other choice that comes, it keeps coming back to mind. And again, like David Tui was mentioned before, this is someone who's had some involvement in Alien Three. Now he was involved in this. He had to depart it because of creative differences. He he claimed that the um, the studio was having too much creative control. And the um, the aliens themselves, they were so very different to a lot of the horror creatures he's previously done because he considered them mute. Rennie Harlan? No, no, no. I'll say in a moment because 
he regarded them as mute warrior instinctual things that that, that can't speak you know that, that it was very different to what he's done before but i think if you could give this person okay Not clive barker yeah is it? I think Clive Barker. He was involved in Alien Three. <laughs> he was. He was in. He he was writing Alien Three at one point, and he had to create. I do not remember that. Yeah, he all. had to depart it because they weren't giving him the creative control he needed. And he said that um, he, that it did capture his imagination, but it was brief because they weren't allowing him to approach this stuff in the way he typically would. Now I think. He would probably feel that way about the aliens, but if you gave him, right, you can mess around with, like, a space jockeys and engineers, I think he would do some very interesting stuff with that, Clive Barker. Um, also, he said some really positive stuff. I, I, I posted one of his um, introductions to one of Giga's books on um, the Wayland yutani bulletin earlier. He's got a real handle on what makes Giga's stuff affect people like I'm on, on a really primal level. So I think I would, I'm not saying he'd do it brilliantly, but I think he would be one of those names where if he was attached with an alien film and he was involved with alien three, but he, he departed because they, he didn't have the country creative control he wanted and he needed to have. But if he had that creative control, I would at least be very interested in what he come up with. In terms of people who got a realistic shot of it, yeah, I'm interested to see what Blomkamp would do with it. Very interested, because he said all the right things about what the series needs to return to. Whether it'd be good or not, I don't know. But Blomkamp, Clive Barker, <laughs> Eastwood, Bigelow, people like that who've got that that little thing. It's not just like someone who's done action or, or done horror, because that's... Now, here's a quote from the um, when they were doing the 1990s Hellraiser comics, which in many cases were a lot better than the films. Here's a little quote that they they gave out for prospective writers. And I think it's it's good to keep in mind for prospective alien films as well. This is what they said for writers who are going to do stuff for the comics. Horror is as much atmosphere and approach as it is the thing in the closet with the razors where its eyes should be. Violence and strong images are fine as long as both these things work as part of the story. Neither of these things separately or together should ever be the story. And that's why when people say, oh, well, this guy's done horror and this one's the other. That's not what you, you need. Someone who, who's got a handle on things that would make it a cohesive whole. And they wouldn't just do it for, you know, splatter horror just for the hell of it you need someone who can that you can do what they did in alien isolation where they used that as part of the story they moved it forward it didn't feel like it was just exploitation for the hell of it you yeah. need someone who can get a handle on and make this is what what made alien and aliens film they didn't feel like a star trek or star wars film at the time and the thing had the same thing happen when you watch those films, you think this isn't the typical fare. This is something different. And you want a director who can take this thing by the handles and you can say, this feels different. This isn't what I'm expecting, what I've come to expect from lower expectations an alien film to be. 
you want someone like Barker who's got that imagination to drive it into a, a new not dimension but you, you know you you can make it affect the audience rather than just entertain them just make them go oh that was good i'll i'll put a ticket for the next one you want it to be something that they'll it will have a chance of being you know talked in like art classes or something for the next five years which is what the originals had Oh, more than five years, but yeah, yeah. But you want at least you want a feeling that it stands a chance to at least be that, if not greater. So you, you need some above and beyond right now. Yeah, and I think just to throw a couple more names out there, um, James Wan, he has shown that he can be very effective at directing both horror and action films. I think Furious Seven was his first like true action film, but he also did a revenge film way back in the day. Well, not way back in the day, about 10 years ago uh, called Dead Silence with Kevin Bacon. That was like a, a revenge film. Um, but he's also directed these big horror films for, for Blumhouse, you know, Insidious, The Conjuring, uh, Dead Silence. Uh, he did the original Saw film. So I think... I think he would be a very strong choice. If you were to go the, the CG animated film route, uh, Shinji Arimaki, who did Appleseed Alpha, uh, the last two Starship Troopers films, as well as um, an animated film called uh, Space Pirate Captain Harlock. <laughs> <laughs> but it did have some really cool sci-fi imagery in it. Yeah, it was it was pretty silly. But I think uh, Star. He also had some involvement with the old uh, the Halo Legends shorts. I think. Uh, so if if you were to ever do uh, AVP or Alien anime, I think he would be a very uh, strong choice. But uh, I think James Wan uh, would also be uh, an interesting. Yeah. Um, I think I think uh, lesser known directors who who still have a really good track record of of films mm. that have a cult following. Uh, because I don't think someone like James Cameron will, will ever be back. I mean, I'm shocked he's coming back for for the Terminator, but I think he's just producing that. Yeah, he just he's he's apparently a supervisor on the story stuff, but he's he's not writing it. So I think yeah, he's just yeah, there he's to be too busy with do, Avatar, I guess. Yeah, is it they, they they can probably spit ideas off of him and he'll go, "Oh yeah, that sounds cool." But I, I don't he has think, more of a sense of ownership yeah, of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you actually mentioned Clive Barker because he was on my list. <laughs> I, I thought he'd be able to do um, fucked up Gigerisms pretty well. Oh, definitely, well. yeah. Um, although I do need you to tell me where you heard about him being in Alien 3. I, I, I need to see that. Okay, I'll send it to you after, yeah. It, it was in the um, the Aliens comic that came out. They did a whole feature on that, apparently. The, the, uh, okay, right, right. Right, please scan that in. I'll include it in with the, yeah, sure. um, the post as well, because I've never fucking heard that before. Yeah, yeah. So we've already uh, done Clive Barker on my list. I've got two classics, who, one of whom very nearly involved in, in Alien as well. But first up was Neil Marshall. And he mm. hasn't really done anything for about seven years when he did The Centurion, which was um, a Fassbender film, actually. Um, he also did mm, Descent, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, he did Descent and Dog Soldiers, which was why I liked the idea of him doing an Alien film for some time, to be honest. And it's probably one you saw banded. Uh, banded around quite a lot in the 2000s yeah, on, the, for years. on the fan forums. He was one of those that fans wanted to do an AVP film, I think. Yeah, they were planning on a Dog Soldiers sequel for a long time. I don't know if it ever happened. No. He's mostly been doing TV. Yeah, I got a feeling uh, Thrones, somebody else was attached to Dog Soldiers 2 and then it gave up or it went direct to DVD or something. 
Well, he this this guy uh, Marshall's actually doing the new Hellboy. Oh, oh okay, hmm. interesting. It's got um, the guy who plays Jim Hopper in Stranger Things as, as Hellboy. But yeah, mo- he's mostly just been doing TV. A um, couple of episodes of Game of Thrones, um, some Black Sails, some Constantine, Hannibal, Westworld, that kind of thing. I've always thought he had a nice handle on the sort of horror um, action aspects of it. Second one I was thinking was the one who very nearly, very nearly ended up doing Resurrection. And that's Danny Boyle. Did um, Train Spotting and 28 Days Later and Sunshine. Uh, but he didn't end up doing Resurrection because he was uncomfortable with all the effects work. Because I think this must have been pretty, pretty early on in his career. Yeah, because Sunshine had a ton of effects work in it. Mm. Um, although that film did get a bit crazy towards the end. But I think that's that's a potential one. Now the I also thought you know I wasn't I'm not too sure about this. It, it's only just because of the strength of of Moon is Duncan Jones. You know he hasn't done horror sci-fi before, but Moon was just such a great film. You know it, it was and it, it felt alien anyway. You know I don't know if either of you have seen. Oh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it was great. Um... It was interesting, but I mean, I've... see, again, is what I said earlier. You're looking for someone who could, you really need someone who could do characterization and drama, and that certainly had it. Um, I'm I mean, not that was sure what, you could two characters, and yeah, I'm not sure you could really say it's like from that somewhat he can definitely do an alien film, but yeah, he'd be an interesting choice. Yeah, the obvious one at the minute, I guess, would be would be Denny, Denny uh, Villain. Villeneuve, I'm not <laughs> sure how to pronounce that name. I He's thought you were going to say on, someone else. On Dune for a number of years, I think. But I guess yeah, we are so talking I, about that long in the future if Scott does get his way here. That's just a pipe dream thing. Isn't it? I mean, Arrival was fucking... I thought I really enjoyed Arrival. Yeah, like, That did really well. And I really enjoyed Blade Runner as well, 2049. But that's fucking... Yeah, that's, that's tanked really well. Been very disappointing in terms of um, financial taking, and with him doing Dune as well, that's also going to be another really risky one because you know Dune and Blade Runner are pretty niche, I guess, very sort of cult rather than mainstream stuff. The one I thought you were going to say was the one that keeps coming up with fans, which is um, I don't know how you pronounce it, no, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, Guillermo yeah. del Toro. Yeah, because see, here's another one where I used to think, oh, he would be great because of like mimic and that, but then he's done something horrendously superficial in Pacific Rim, which oh, is like, I love that movie. I know you, <laughs> but it's like it, when I heard about the concept, I thought, okay, this should be like a cross between the Terminator and Lovecraft. And it, I've said it before, I if I hadn't known better, I would have sworn to God that was a Stephen Summers film because it, it feels just like G.I. Joe. And it really does. So, and yet he's done stuff like Pan's Labyrinth and that. And like he really, like Blade 2, he's got beautiful creature work. So he's one of those names where, and Crimson Peak, that's a Crimson really good Peak. dramatic great, yeah. film. But he's one of those people where I've, and like Hellboy, Hellboy too, but he sometimes gets a bit too comic booky. So he's one of those people where if I heard he's attached, I'd go, okay, this is going to be something to remember, but 
it's going to be a it's going to feel a little bit of a risky gamble because it's whether it's going to be an alien film as i'd want it to be i don't know but he in terms of someone who does great creature work he'd be probably up there as one of the top 10 you know potential name didn't he try to get him wasn't he attached once to alien resurrection i thought i i never heard about that thought he might or he or he wanted to be or something i don't know it might be mistaken he kept trying to make um at the mountain of madness didn't yeah i know that and then he thought prometheus he's on hold yeah yeah. and then he watched prometheus and he he said oh actually that wasn't anything like i thought it was gonna be oh shit (laughs) he wished he'd made it then so there's still a chance the the final one i i was thought of throwing out was alex garland you know he did wrote some of Danny Boyle's films, you know, he wrote 28 Days Later and Sunshine and Dread, which was a pretty, um, pretty big hit with the fans, not financially. And he's got, he's got, um, his own, uh, sort of sci-fi weirdo film coming up, uh, called, uh, Annihilation, which is based on a Jeff Vandermeer book who wrote a fucking, one of the best Predator books, actually, um, South China Sea. Um, and he's done, um, Ex Machina as well, which oh, uh, no, did pretty well, did pretty well critically. But although I imagine you probably wouldn't like that because you're not massive on AI. That was his first. <laughs> that was his first film, wasn't it? Ex Machina. As a, as a, as a director, I believe. I, I think as a film, yeah, I had issues with the AI portrayal, but as a film, I thought it was very well made. Yeah. So I thought he might be an interesting one to do a alien film in the future. Yeah. Although the name that hasn't come up, I've, I forgot to mention it. Um, Drew Goddard would be interesting. He's primarily a writer, but after doing Cabin in the Woods, I thought, yeah, he could do a, a, an interesting sci-fi or fantasy film. I, he's got he's got a handle on directing well as well. Did um, Cloverfield, didn't he? Yeah, I think he might have done. Yeah, I, I don't know if he directed that or did or was the writer. I know he's done a lot more writing than he has directing. He's, he's a very good writer. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Nacho Vigalondo, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. The oh, director of Splice. No, uh, Colossal. Because um, he actually expressed interest in doing an alien film. They asked him what his dream project would oh, be. Oh, that's right. And he said, I'd, I'd love to do an alien film. So, I mean, he he cares about it. So, you know, why not give him a shot? And I, I haven't seen Colossal, but I heard really good things about it. I, I heard it did well in film festivals. Uh, he does have some horror movie experience. He directed a couple of shorts for uh, two anthology horror films. One was called VHS Viral. Another was the ABCs of Death, which I have seen, and it's awesome. Um so so I think he, he might be a good choice just because he's expressed interest. Also, Pete Travis, who uh, directed the Carl Urban film Dread. Um, I don't think oh. he has too much of a, a resume either, uh, at least as far as directing goes. But Dread was one of my favorite action movies in like the last yeah, 10 years. That was really well done, Dread. Was. Yeah. And I think if you were to make another movie with like Colonial Marines again and that kind of feel of the second film, he might be mm. a strong choice. Yeah. See, when a director has that, sometimes a director does stuff early in their career and you think, oh, they'd be a really good fit for that. And then they, 
their later films are completely different, like Peter Jackson. I think, uh, again, he's another one in the early 2000s where people saying, oh, he's doing AVP. He did some really grotesque horror films yeah. early on. <laughs> and then he did, like, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit that are really different. Although you can tell when there's, like, in The Hobbit films, when they do the stuff with the spiders, you can tell that that grounding in his career early on he was using a lot of the techniques for that but um yeah he's one of the like he's a director who's who's now more famed for doing dramatic or fantasy stuff and yet early on he did some really (laughs) stuff you wouldn't want to show your grandparents kind of thing yeah so those are some of you know our i suppose dream team wish list whatever if you guys have any you know any of the listeners have any suggestions as well be sure to throw that up um, but I did also want to briefly talk about the Disney news because I thought that had some interesting sort of hmm. implications. If if it went through, obviously this the news came out that um, Fox and Disney had been entertaining talks to sell a good chunk of Fox's film and uh, TV sort of assets to to Disney, but these talks had um, pretty much you know stalled weeks before the actual news even surface so it's not exactly it's not something to panic about and uh, worry about just yet but i thought it was it was kind of interesting because you know folk have been pretty disappointed with the last good chunk of uh alien and, and predator films you know I, well, I personally liked predators um not everybody did three as much as i like that one you know it suffered from studio interference uh, four wasn't great. The AVPs weren't great. You know, we've had issues with um, with the the Scott stuff as well. So would a new would a new powers that be have have helped them? I mean, I know when you say Disney, people automatically think this fucking fam- uh, family friendly um, yeah uh, thing. So the knee, the knee jerk reaction <laughs> is to go, oh no, it's gonna be PG thirteen and there's gonna be no swearing and the aliens are gonna look like Mickey fucking Mouse. And furry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I I know there's that knee jerk reaction there, but you know Disney have owned in the past other other companies that do did put out adult films in quotation marks. You know Miramax. The first film that Miramax put out under Disney's ownership was Pulp Fiction. They'd also owned Dimension Films, which was a lot of horror films, you know, they did some of the Halloweens, um, Dusk Till Dawn, The Screams, and uh, I think they ended up even getting the, they didn't produce it, but they did the distribution for Wolf Creek, which was a pretty grim film, so I I didn't react with immediate fucking disdain that everybody did for that, you know, I was mm-hmm. curious to see what sort of other stuff they they purchased and, and put out. What about you guys? I'm I'm worried about it. Uh, <laughs> I even though it's not going to happen. Even though it's probably not going to happen, I don't think it will. I think it was just talks they were having uh, because, namely Fox. I think you were saying Hicks still retains some of the rights to the original Star Wars trilogy before they were the special edition. That that's what the talks were all about, really, isn't it? It's Star Wars and, and X-Men, and X-Men uh, which I'm sure because the the current X-Men films wouldn't fit in the MCU, they they probably reboot. I don't know. I mean, you you look at Fox uh, Fox's history; they've had a number of of significant changes uh, of leadership in in the company. I remember the Alien films used to be controlled by entirely different producers, you know, to, than they are now. And you used to have who is the the 
previous head of Fox who was like pushing for the AVP films. Was it Rothman? Uh, Tom Rothman? Uh, yeah, I think I it was. Yeah, I think, think it was Rothman. So. Yeah. So he he was also involved in steering Prometheus away from Alien. Yeah. So as far, as far as I know, he's not the current head of Fox. No, he works at Sony now. I think. Huh. Oh. Sony would be the ones I'd be worried about if they were talking about taking it. And Sony is not is not a big enough studio to to purchase out Fox. No, uh, really, it's... really, Disney is one of those companies now, like Apple, like Amazon. You know, you're just wondering if they're going to take over the world at this point. So it is worrying because Disney. I know you were saying they had different studios under under their parent company, like like Miramax and such, that made more adult films, but they don't really tend to do that these days. I mean, you look at Marvel. Marvel was a it had some dark comics and and uh, adult stories in there. I know Marvel's Marvel's less known for that than DC, but you had movies like The Punisher, uh, movies like Deadpool, which I'm uh, was only made because Fox. I think you could maybe even maybe Deadpool two would be canceled if if they bought Fox because I don't think Disney is just interested in that. They want mainstream appeal. Uh, which is, I think, the problem when you have a film company slash corporation that becomes so big, their main focus is, okay, how can we make as much money as possible and please as many people as possible? And when you when you try and please everybody, oftentimes you you alienate the 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 fans. And I'm not saying you shouldn't try and have a franchise become accessible to to new fans. Obviously, you, you want to bring newcomers as well. But there's a balance there, and I don't know if Disney has it in them. Personally, I've been really disappointed with what they've done with Star Wars. Uh, I know a lot of people will disagree with me. A lot of people love the new films, and I'm I'm still looking forward to The Last Jedi. I think Ryan Johnson is is a great director, so I'm looking forward to that. But you look at what they've done with um, taking the directors out of the the Han Solo movie and replacing them with Ron Howard because they they didn't like what the directors were were doing. And you look at the fact that the entire last third of Rogue One was reshot. Um, uh, it, it makes you wonder, okay, why don't, why don't you just have the producers direct these films? Because you don't trust directors and you don't want to take any risks. That was what they were worried about with Rogue One. They were like, well, Rogue One, it, it, he wanted to make a, a gritty war film. And the studio executives thought, no, it doesn't have that Star Wars feel. We need to lighten it up a bit. You know, we need to throw in a space battle. We need to make this like a Star Wars movie. So I, that's what I worry about. Disney, yes, they they have some really good films, especially in the Marvel Universe. I've heard great things about Thor, The Dark World. Um, I loved Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's not to say they can't make damn good movies and, and make a cohesive universe. They can. They do it really well. But I'm just worried that with Fox, if they were to buy out Fox, either they just would not care about the alien franchise and, and we'd only have the expanded universe. Uh, if they continue to license that from then on, I don't think they'd be interested in movies. And if they did, I think they would, they would be tightly corporate controlled, uh, mainstream appeal, probably PG 13, maybe, uh, I just don't see Disney making our films, even under different studio names like they used to. I don't see it continuing. Cinemorphim? Well, I mean, you've got to remember, even under Disney, they, in the early 80s, they came up with some stuff which was a little near the knuckle. Um, 
like Dragon Slayer, you might remember they had like people being eaten alive by baby dragons and nudity and stuff. It, it returned to Oz, they started out with Dorothy having an electro shock. They were being ju- just saved in the nick of time, but she's about to have electrocution and stuff like. That. Yes, they were family films, but even stuff like The Black Hole, it, it got a little. Oh, okay, this is a Disney film. Interesting. I think in this day and age. Disney is a first and foremost about making money. I if Fox is about making Alien and Predator movies as potential cash cows, Disney would be that tenfold. However, I think with the um, experience they've had with the Star Wars stuff now, they they know that if they got a property like that they would be more interested in giving it more of a cohesive vision instead of... I, I think the fans of the Prometheus and Covenant stuff, they, they would agree even if they like the direction it's gone in, it's gone a little, you know, off the rails. It's not what the Alien films were. So I think there would be less of that. There would be more of a... Not like they're going to try and marvelize the Alien and Predator films, but, um, you know, I I think they would put more effort into it. But with Disney, they would have the pull to get what they would feel were the right people on board. With Fox, there is this feeling, unfortunately, that they're sort of treading water. They know they're sitting on a gold mine, but they don't quite know what to do with it creatively. I think Disney would be, there would be more of a focus on where to head with it. Or at least if they didn't have one from the start, they would buy in the right people to be able to get a handle on that. Honestly, right now with Fox, it's not like you're saying, well, can they do anything worse? But... If Fox doesn't seem to be moving, like you don't get a sense of inertia with the, there might be new films coming out, but you don't feel they really have a handle what to do with them. They're sort of going, okay, make some films and that's it. I, I think Disney, they, yes, they definitely make it more corporate, but, What is Fox? Fox is very corporate as well. They're all corporate. They're all big businesses. I think there would be more more energy. I think that's what I'm trying to say. There'd be more energy behind it. Whether or not that would be a good direction to take it, I don't know. But I I sense if Disney were to get hold of it, and from what I understand, they wouldn't be doing the news and those kind of departments. It would just be the movie-making stuff. I I don't think they would kiddify it if for other, no other reasons than they know that Fox tried that with AVP, they know it, the reception that got, they would think, okay, the way to make money with these is to make them, you know, how they, you know, the, the, they make them as iconic as they are today for the reasons they became iconic today. I think Disney would be the kind of company where if they had had the decision they would have probably gone with Blomkamp's idea over the Covenant thing because they would see it as more commercially successful, potentially. But they would do it because they would want to light a fire under it and make it something. Right now, I'm feeling that Fox 
they don't have that they don't have that thing of, they want to but they don't as i said it feels like they're treading water so i think if disney did get a hold of it hypothetically because as i said as you said rather it's not going ahead or it could be on pause we don't know it just might be the, the talks from hold for all we know i wouldn't be fearful of it i would be interested to see where they go with it i i don't think i would fear they're going to make them kiddie movies they're gonna make it like a cute little kid with a ray gun although what are we getting with the new predator film that's coming out apparently a little kid who's gonna have a role which a lot of people in the fandom at the moment are a bit worried about so a lot of the kind of things you know making them pg-13 putting little kids into it fox is kind of like they've already done those things or they're in the worrying process of possibly doing. So I think if nothing else, Disney films, it was fucking weird, a Disney predator or alien film, but it would give it a more of a sense of inertia. And I, I, I feel that's what's lacking. Even like, like you said, Hicks about the, um, the comments, um, who's the, who's the, um, the woman that, comment about ridley scott's stuff stacy something uh, yeah i'm forgetting her name the sorry CEO. if she's re- yeah and she she was very diplomatic about that and it it feels sometimes it feels like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing i think with Disney snyder better and with disney they might clamp down a little more probably not as much as fox did with alien 3 although you never know but at least there would be more of a, a a handle on where things are going or where they want to take it. So I I wouldn't be fearful over it. I'd be interested in it. But um, some of the th- things people are saying, I I personally I don't agree with. I think Disney wouldn't be that stupid because they are about making money and they know. I could see them making like th- people have said like the Alien Queen as Disney princess or Ripley as a Disney princess, things like that for merchandise. But I don't think that's where they would go with the actual intellectual properties themselves in terms of cinema. I think the expanded universe, um, that that would be something to think of too, especially with, mm. with Star Wars. I mean, they got rid of so much of the expansive universe with that and then rebranded it as the the legends you know uh banner yeah we did a podcast before about uh creative freedom in regards to the expanded universe how it seemed like games and comics used to be more you know let let these creative people pursue their ideas whereas now fox seems to try and be making it more cohesive like you said with disney that would be taken to a whole nother level and I would I would wonder, for better or worse, uh, in the expanded universe, if people just wouldn't have much creative freedom anymore. You know, Disney just mm. wants to make a franchise and they want everything to fit together perfectly and be cohesive. And that's that. So you wouldn't see uh, a lot of more interesting novels and comics that we've gotten throughout the years. Uh, I would worry. Well, here, here's another thing. I mean, just the, I think it was yesterday or the day before um, they announced Star Wars wasn't just getting another trilogy, which I think was inevitable because, you know, Star Wars, they're going to keep them going to the year 3000. But they finally greenlit a live action cartoon, um, live action TV series. Now, they've been doing 
they've actually been doing some really good work on the um, CGI cartoon stuff, which at first with the Clone Wars, it, they take a little while to find their feet. But actually, they can be surprisingly. That's that's another example. The Clone Wars and Rebels. They they've had people killed with flamethrowers and stuff. And this is all under the Disney le- label, and this is under their Star Wars stuff. So they can do that. They can go there. It's not chest bursting, but you know they can go there. Um, I think they're the. That's the also the thing we could potentially, if they were to get hold of it, I could see Disney greenlighting live action tv show of the alien or predator movies maybe not so much but i could see the you know doing a tv series based on it and this i think it's would be very much a case of be careful what you wish for because we could get all this stuff but they might not be what we are hoping for they could be more colonial marines than alien isolation sort of thing <laughs> but i i think there could certainly be things like that that fans have been talking about for ages you know what if there was a tv show or what if they did like um you know brought back the model kits and made like lego star aliens or i think you could actually get that with disney but it would be a case of they'd have to know the boundaries they could ed- edge in before they went you know, full Kenner again and never go full Kenner. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, Higgs? I like the idea of them potentially branching out a bit more. Um, you know, I think there's a lot more to do with um, the Alien and Predator series outside of just just the films. You know, I think I think Predator and AVP would suit um, an anime style thing. I'd love to see. I wish Fox would have the balls to branch out a bit and do, you know, take a risk on that kind of thing. And I, you know, people talk about what what would a what would an alien TV show look like. Mm. And I mean, even even other world life forms, um, the organization from Predator Two, you know, that could be an interesting platform to do a Predator sort of show. Not not necessarily a TV show, you know, but a, a limited streaming kind of thing, you know, sort of like um, Stranger Things or uh, longer format stuff like uh, like Game of Thrones, maybe. So, you know, I do agree with you in that, you know, Disney would probably stretch out a bit and have a bit of a gamble, I guess, mm. on, on stuff. But like I said earlier, I, I, I didn't think it was anything to panic about because I, I even if it was a likely thing, you know, I, I think they've seen that we've seen that just because it comes under Disney doesn't mean it's going to be kiddified. Well, what I've heard, because I, I don't have access to them, but um, a lot of the Marvel TV properties, um, they've apparently, some of them have been really violent and bloody. Oh, yeah. So, Daredevil yeah. is, does not... I mean, Daredevil's probably the only one of those I actually like. The others I haven't really enjoyed. But um, Daredevil was... was brutal and punisher is going to be yeah. fucking brutal yeah. when that comes well you cut this is the thing punishers like with alien and predator you can't do it without a certain amount of brutality you just can't do it so i think if they are doing though i don't think if you they've already set a precedent for making those in that way i don't think you'd have much in to worry about in terms of ratings or at least what they'd be willing to risk with an alien and predator film where they know they'd have to make it like that because otherwise people just aren't going to tune in or pay a ticket to it or whatever 
I mean, this is the other thing. In it's not just uh, it's not just things like TV series. I think the next the next step in terms of home entertainment is going to be stuff like there's going to be um, the Last Starfighter. They're trying to make that into a TV series at the moment, and it's going to have a virtual reality component. Now, I think we've all we saw there were those. It was more of like a tech demo with a virtual reality thing for the Covenant movie that came out where you saw a virtual reality of the backburst mm. but i think in utero yeah and i think i'm sure fox is going to go down that route but i could certainly see a company like disney pushing heavily for that stuff where they're looking for you know visceral visual things where the alien and predator films really excel at and they think right what can we use for virtual reality oh yeah, Alien and Predator, they're totally perfect for that car. So I think you'd get more interactive things as well. People will keep on saying, oh, when's the next um, computer game coming out? And, you know, we've got no idea personally, but I think if Disney had old, they'd certainly be pushing for a whole slew of new computer games and console stuff and all the rest of it. Well, we might just be too niche to that, for that big of a push, though, at the end of the day. You know, it's like you guys were saying earlier, it ain't Star Wars. I don't know. It's it's still just so frustrating because you, you, you think of fans think of so many things where they wouldn't need to put that much money in it. Like, do. No. Yeah, there's some licensing issues, but I'm sure those could be worked around. You know, do a, a remastered version of AVP2 and release it on Steam. Bam, that game, <laughs> that would sell like crazy. Like in, in Alien Isolation, yeah, it wasn't selling to their expectations, but I'm sure they still made a profit on that. And that's the problem with a lot of studios is is they don't see the... They're, they're very like, we need as much money as possible right now. They don't see the, the big long-term picture. Alien Isolation built a lot of, of, of goodwill with fans, and I think a sequel to that would have done even better. And it's the same thing with Dead Space 2. You know, Dead Space 2 sold, like, what, over 4 million copies or something? But EA was like, no, didn't do as well en- en- enough as we hoped, so let's make Dead Space 3 more action you know, more accessible. And then Dead Space 3 was a huge disappointment. So it's very frustrating with, with these studios. I think there's not a balance between creative risk and pleasing yeah. the fans, what there is, is how can we make as much money as possible right now? Not let's build this up. Not let's make this thing that that pleases a lot of people looking for different things um, and, and just have a strong franchise that, that will see that incremental growth over time. Just like we need to make money. Like that's it. And I think it's it's come to damage the franchise a lot. Well, does anybody have anything else? Okay. And to end on that bummer of a note. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I know I've been kind of a downer on this on this one, guys, but it's it's just I don't know. These these comments just uh it's it's not what we want to hear right now. And I'm sure a lot of you guys probably out there feel the same. Um I, I can't fault you. But may you know, maybe it is just fans being fans blowing it out of proportion, but it doesn't feel like it, you know. You might say you know, it's it's his opinion and might have run out, but it's stuff he's been saying for ages. And when this guy seems to be the steering hand of the franchise at the minute, you you can't fault people being being bummed out by that. I'm I'm happy with him thinking like that for himself. It's just when he says, "No, the beast is cooked, can't do that," which isn't a change from stuff he was saying years back. And when it's just that when he just after comments he also recently made when he says he he claimed to have found the passion again when he goes 
back to his original position it's like you know that when you watch covenant in future it's not just your own personal suspicion he didn't have any energy or interest in the alien it's like he's essentially confirming that yeah i was just doing this for the money and that that, it it leaves a bad taste in your mouth sort of thing but you know he it's his prerogative you know he, he can think that but don't decree that for other creative influencers who might be involved in it in the future hopefully well i guess that's everything from us so please you know feel free to uh let us know what you thought of the episode uh did you agree with all our doom and gloom sorry got sorry any, if i was any, a downer guys any... <laughs> got any other thoughts on uh you know on the matter any thoughts on potential replacements for scott you know feel free to uh Comment and uh, let, us, let us know what you think. And which Disney princess would look better with a flamethrower? <laughs> Do your draw doodles in the comment section. You know, uh, you can find us on all the social medias. Um, on Twitter, we're at EVP Galaxy. On Facebook, we are Alien vs Predator Galaxy. And if you want, you know, all the goodness, um, but without the links to stuff, you can follow us on Instagram at Alien vs Predator Galaxy as well. Um, we do now have a T Public page, which we're not really pushing, but we probably should because there's some awesome fucking logos on there. Uh, you can get our uh, AVP Galaxy, various different versions of the, the AVP Galaxy on all manner of shit. Uh, t-shirts, hoodies, notepads, fucking pillows. Ridgetops just put a pillow on there. <laughs> uh, which Those are awesome. Looks pretty cool. So, you now please, you know, check that out as well. The links are on or on the, the website, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, I'll make sure to include one in in this uh, post if they're not. You can follow me personally on Twitter as well, at underscore Corporal Hicks. You can find me at Ridgetop21. I, I mostly like to talk about various sci-fi and technology things. I throw in some politics there, but that's all you know my own opinion, and I'm trying to cut down on that too, so... Is that a no for you, Zena uh, Yeah, I, I will have something in the future, just not yet. Okay. Um, so yeah that's everything from us um, depending on how quickly I edit these we should have a nice chunk of uh, podcasts coming out over the next um, couple of weeks a few weeks even you know, I, I hate editing these so I can't guarantee any in uh, <laughs> any certain time frames but we've got a couple of fun ones coming up including a interview for December's episode which should be quite fun for um, people who were on the, on the forum in the community uh, back in the AVP Requiem days, we are going to be revealing the identity of a mysterious user who worked on the film who used to visit the forums, but we never knew who he was. Tune in for December's episode and you'll find out. But yeah, okay, that's everything. So uh, this is Corporal Hicks. And Ridgetop. Xenomorphine. Signing off. <laughs>